Episode 8. Do you know someone who would be a great guest on the Telltale Fisherman? If so, go to tell.fish slash guest and recommend them for the show. We won't bug them. We'll just give them the chance to share the story of their lifetime and become a fishing legend. Visit tell.fish slash guest. Welcome to the Telltale Fisherman Podcast, where avid anglers share the story of their best fishing day ever to inspire yours. Now it's time for another epic adventure. So here's your host, John Woodson. Welcome to the show. Today we are here with Sid Mayer. Sid, welcome aboard. Oh, thank you. Sid's a longtime friend, and he is also a water sports enthusiast in addition to being a, uh, an angler. Before we get into all of that, though, tell us a little bit about what you do uh, during the week when you'd probably rather be out skiing or <laughs> fishing or some other things. Um, right now, uh, I run a, uh, a division for a computer company mm-hmm. that deals with the uh, federal government. Okay. And uh, so you're, you're in sales? Yes, that's right. Them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I run their sales organization. And and you're also a man of many other talents. Uh, you've done other things such as uh, building homes and. Uh, yeah, done some home building. Owned some small businesses. Um, you know, basically a variety of positions from uh, sales territories all the way to presidents of uh, of, of organizations. Wow. So, so a man of a man of many talents, including. Yeah. Uh, talents on the water. So talk to us a little bit about um, not just your fishing experience, but, but uh, you do a lot of other things like skiing and uh, other kinds of water sports. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it really stems all the way back from when I was a child. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, my father uh, passed away when I was 11 years old. But a lot of our memories are of him uh, taking my brothers and I uh, out. He, had, he, he basically, uh, we had a boat when I was a, a young child and, and started skiing when I was probably four years old or five years old. Wow. And, and, uh, and then also um, started scuba diving by the time we were seven. Wow. And most of my angling experience was actually spearfishing until I was... Uh, you know, probably into my early teens, I didn't really do that much fishing. So, so whereabouts was that that you grew up and did most of that? Uh, we grew fishing? up in Melbourne. Okay. Yep. And my dad was the first uh, diving instructor in the state of Florida back in the late fifties. Mm-hmm. Built all his own equipment. He worked at the uh, uh, Cape Canaveral, so he had access to all these machine equipment and everything else. Wow. So he would actually build all his own diving equipment and and uh, some fishing gear, things like that. So. so was he a professional diver? I mean, did he do that as, as a career or just teaching? Um, he, he ran all of the uh, uh, rescue diving uh, instruction for, um, for the state of Florida oh, for wow. all of the sheriff's departments. Oh, wow. So I actually have his sheriff's, uh, you know, like a sheriff's pistol gun and everything else uh, oh, that, wow. I, that I got just recently about five years ago, so... Oh, that is yeah, cool. Kind of interesting. So he was a, I guess, what you'd call a master diver. Uh, yeah, he was a he was a master diver. So mm-hmm. he taught, you know, diving. Um, there's a, it's actually a dive shop in um, in Melbourne called Hats. Okay. Which the uh, original owner of Hats, which now his son's own, but um, 
Jerry Hatt and my dad were like, you know, inseparable. They dove all over the place and everything else. So, wow. So, you know. That's pretty neat. I didn't know that. And I mean, they, they actually spearfished the largest Jewfish uh, in the state of Florida oh, back, uh, ever done. Back when you could do that. pounds. Back when you could do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah back in the early 60s. Yeah. 750 pounds. 750 pounds. Wow. Did yeah. they uh, carve that up? I have up? pictures of it, actually. Now, that would, so, that would be cool to see. So did they... Well, I have pictures of the smaller one, the same one they did. They got a 350-pound one and a 750-pound one. They couldn't lift the 750-pound one to uh, take a picture of it <laughs> hanging. Oh, my goodness. So. Did they I carve that up and made many, many meals out of it? Oh, or? yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. You, could, yeah. you could feed a whole village with one yeah. of those things. Yeah, and there were four or five guys spearfishing that day, so it wasn't just... Yeah. You know, and so it all of them had to put spears into the... Uh, into that Jewfish to get it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, which I guess now the politically correct term is uh, Goliath grouper. Yeah. Uh, for those who haven't heard the uh, name, that, that they, the formerly known as name. Ah, okay. Right. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, so spearfishing is, is how you got your start in angling, I guess. So what, yeah. what other kinds of fishing have you done over the years? Um, well, of course, bass fishing, since mm-hmm. I live on a, on a lake. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we do a little bit of bass fishing here and there. Um, but our favorite fishing has always been uh, offshore. Right. So I love trolling more than anything. So I like to see if I can find dolphin or, or sailfish or, or some of those. So, right, right. And I you know. understand that's the story we're going to talk about here in just a minute. Yeah. But um, so, so where, where have you uh, been offshore fishing? I mean, all over Florida? Have you been elsewhere? No, pretty much up and down the east coast of Florida. Okay. So uh, the, mostly off of uh, Canaveral. Okay, Port Canaveral, mm-hmm. but right. um, off of uh, Sebastian Inlet, Stewart, Jupiter, and then all the way through the Keys. We've been off to the Keys. Right. So. Yeah, that's one thing we're blessed with here in Florida is a lot of great places to fish. Yeah, that's right. Okay, well, when we get back, Sid is going to share his epic story of offshore fishing. Live bait is often the difference between an epic day and a slow day of fishing. On my last vacation, we were fishing for snook on the beach. The fish were there, but the bait was not. So, I ended up driving my boat a mile away to catch bait and then transported them back to the spot on the beach with a five-gallon bucket. However, in the hot Florida sun, that plan did not work out so well. But now, I have found a much better portable option for keeping bait alive on the boat and on shore. Visit tell.fish slash gear to check it out. That's tell.fish slash gear. All right, we're back with Sid Mayer, and you mentioned Port Canaveral before. Is that where this uh, story took place? Actually, it did. We actually had bought our first fishing boat just as our son and daughter were really young, Mm -hmm. okay? So we bought it back in 1986. Okay. I actually still have that boat, a Wellcraft 180 fish. Wow. With a uh, 150 Yamaha in the back. That's a great hull that'll... Keep going forever. Yeah, I bet. And, it, and it hasn't, you know, it, it literally have done nothing to it for 30 years except rebuild the carburetors twice mm-hmm. and do regular maintenance on it. That was it. Wow. I've never had to do anything else to the motor. So, well, that's awesome. You put yeah. a lot of miles on that boat. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. When we first got it, I put about 500 hours a year on it for about 15 years. Wow. So, so, so new boat and two small kids. And right. You decide to go uh, charging off 
into the ocean? Yeah, I think my daughter was about uh, three, three or four years old, uh-huh. and my uh, uh, my son was uh, six or seven, I guess. Wow. You know, and uh, and so we had decided to go offshore. So my mm-hmm. wife and I and the two kids hopped in the boat, took off. We left, you know, early in the morning. It's a beautiful day, nice and calm. Everything we got probably uh, close to 30 miles offshore mm-hmm. and we're looking for weed lines and ever we couldn't find a weed line anywhere <laughs> of course this was before you had gps and satellite you know, satellite weather, all this stuff yeah. you know i had a lawrence that was about it right. right you know so anyway we ran and ran all morning long and we just it was just flat glass and nothing we we weren't Nothing was uh, biting. Nothing was hitting. We were trying everything. You know, we 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 had uh, basically four lines out mm-hmm. with different types of, of lures on it. And so then, you're you're trolling the whole time. Trolling the whole time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're trolling the whole time. It's August. Pretty hot. Yeah. Okay. So we get a, about toward lunchtime, and we decide, okay, well, we'll just stop at lunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we ran over to a place called Eight A. Right. All right, a well-known spot. Well-known spot. That's right. This area. Okay. That's right, and that has some ledges and stuff. So we figured, well, we'll just drop some cut bait. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd been dragging stuff for all morning, so we had plenty of stuff to cut up. Right, because we had ballyhoo and everything else. So we just cut up some pieces, mm-hmm. and you know, put some uh, put some weights down and just dropped it down to the bottom and kind of let them sit there off the off the boat while we were eating lunch. Right. And nothing's biting still. It's just one of those days. It's nothing. And we're sitting there eating lunch, and all of a sudden we start seeing these blue streaks. About a half mile out, there's these blue streaks that kept going across the uh, the water line. And we're going, man, look at that. What is going on? And they kept coming, and they kept getting closer and closer. And pretty soon we're seeing just, it, it looked like a 100 blue streaks just flip, flickering back and forth in front of us. And about 100 yards out, I finally figure out, oh, those are th- those are dolphin coming our way. Wow. Uh, so mahi mahi. Yeah. So, so were they were they kind of streaking back forth, back and forth, side to side, or just coming straight at you? Um, they were they were kind of flickering back and forth, zigzag, mm-hmm. not completely ninety degrees, but you could see you know the streaks whenever they moved. You know they zigzag, so they either they were they were hitting bait fish as they were going by or something. Right. I don't know, but they were but they were in general heading our direction. That so, yeah, that is an amazing thing when you see that yeah. color streaking through. Well, the water. especially since it was all glass. Yeah. And just a little bit of just enough wind to make the waves the water start to ripple a little bit, so that so that you saw the reflection real easily. Right. And so about the time I figured it out, it was a hundred feet. They're coming toward us. So we just said, pull up your line. So mm-hmm. we were yanking the lines up as fast as we can. And about the time we get them, you know, six feet under or so, the first dolphin hits one of the lines. So, you know, my kids are going crazy. They're trying to roll it up. All of us are trying to roll up the, the lines. We had four lines in at the time. Um, so this one dolphin hits. And I had read that if you get into a school, you leave one of them in the water, yes. hooked. Right. And let that one stay in the water and the rest of them will stay around it. Right. Well, next thing you know, all four of them are hitting at the same time. They're just going like crazy and we're trying to pull them out. Now, these are schoolies. They're not really big. You know, the largest one we had, I think, was four or five pounds. Mm-hmm. And, and, at the, and at the time, there was no limits one way or the other on fish. Right. Well, we're literally pulling them out. And while we're pulling them out and throwing them over, that's all we're doing is unhooking, and they're just flapping in the bottom of the boat <laughs> while we're sitting there trying to keep keep bait in the water. So we, we continue to throw these things in over and over again. Pretty soon we have like 20, 25 dolphin 
bouncing around in the boat. <laughs> the biggest ones actually bounce themselves back out. They're flapping away. Oh my goodness! So by the time by the time we're done, uh, we kept eighteen dolphin that day. And wow! All of all of them were pretty good. You know, they were they were all you made pretty good stakes, but um, right. But they weren't huge, right? Right. They were good. They were good schoolies, four or five pounds of. A piece. Well, if they if they and, were any bigger than three. that, you couldn't have caught that many because they yeah. would have been they would have been flapping out, right? Yeah. yeah. So you know the kids. The the interesting thing part about the story was while we were sitting there eating lunch before we saw the streaks or anything, mm-hmm. we were getting really tired. So so we had said, hey, well let's call them, let's call the fishies. So they were doing the the Sesame Street thing here, fishy, 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 <laughs> here, fishy, 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 fishy. Here, fishy, fishy, fishy. And as they're saying, here, fishy, 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 you started seeing the blue streak. <laughs> so we always, we've always talked about how the kids called the, the, uh, the school to us. They called them uh, in. Yeah, they called them in. You, yeah. you should have had them do that at the first, uh, as soon as you got uh, in the, the boat. There, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, we should have been calling them the whole morning. So, <laughs> well, at least yeah. you thought to do that at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty amazing when, when the dolphin come up like that. I've, I've had that happen once or twice, and for us, it, it's so chaotic that we, we'll get, like, we've gotten a couple, three or four in the boat, and then two will grab the line, and then they'll, like, swim around each other and twist get, the line up. They're so fast. Yeah. So that's pretty remarkable that you were able we, to... We, I think we only had one twisted line the whole time we were pulling them in. Wow. And we pulled both of them out at the same time and got rid of them so that we could untwist it anyway. So. And just kept going. It did. It did. Luckily, we had you know, a bunch of cut bait sitting on a cutting board from when we had uh, dropped the lines. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times we were catching them and the bait was still on the hook, so we just throw it back in. Right. You know? Right. So, you know, I think that's half the battle of being out on the ocean is being prepared and ready for anything that swims your way. Because in my experience, I've seen a lot of things that we weren't able to capitalize on. And it sounds like you were. We just got lucky. Well, <laughs> I, I, went, I didn't plan it. <laughs> you had all the rods rigged up with hooks for live bait. Yeah. Right. When it comes by. Isn't yeah. that amazing that you can go around in the ocean all day long and not see anything, and then all of a sudden catch a whole boatload of fish like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, that's yeah, that's a really cool experience. So I, I guess you decided to call it a day after that. Yeah, soon after we went out and trolled a little bit after that, but mm-hmm. we, you know, we came in mid afternoon or something. Right. It was too hot by then. It's spent spent many hours cleaning fish after that. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And had fish for days. Wow. That's Actually, a, we gave gave a lot of it away because yeah. none of my kids or my wife eat fish. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, I think I grilled it on the grill that, that night, whatever, you know, but gave a lot of it away. Made it made a lot of happy friends, I guess, yeah. with, with that leftover fish. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty epic tale. And, you know, and it's a, you know, those are exactly the kind of things when they happen that you never forget. I yeah. mean, those amazing experiences. So, Sid, I'm thankful that you uh, shared that one with us today all right all right appreciate Thank you thanks for listening to today's show we really appreciate you please be sure to subscribe rate and review the show so that you don't miss an episode and to help make sure that others don't miss the boat this has been the telltale fisherman podcast thanks for sharing another great tale with us Be sure to check out the show notes page for more info on today's show and the gear we talked about. Keep those lines tight and we'll catch you next time right here on the Telltale Fisherman Podcast.